Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I Abby, are in shock. I'm extremely upset. My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy to hear that his wife is working out of a woman here at She thinks way too much of herself. She had to get married. Dear Pod. That Harlequin in, romance that novel? That was in Cosmopolitan. This right. was, you were in Cosmopolitan magazine in like 1965. When was this picture taken? <laughs> Why is it a little bit sepia toned and look at your, what are these things called? Sideburns. Look at your sideburns. You have the luscious sideburns of, of Mr. Burt Reynolds. Like, <laughs> So a little, little backstory for this one. So yeah. this girl, so here I am. Here's the setup for Cosmo. Normally I am, I'm not one to I'm not a I'm not a, a body model. I am what they call a commercial print model, which okay. means you look great with your clothes on, probably not so great with your clothes off. Really? So in my mind. Okay. So um not knowing that, um, I show up and I eat nearly everything that's on the craft services. <laughs> you eat the craft services. Because I've already table. seen everyone else. I'm like all these chiseled guys in their underwear. I'm like, well, that's definitely not me. And so like, I'll have the pasta al dente. Thank you. <laughs> I'll have the yeah. Yeah, because you know how they always I'll have, have that the pasta Alfredo bar. sauce. Why not? I'll have something from the the mashed potato bar. I'll have a, a burger, fries, chocolate shake, the showgirls diet, fried chicken. Yeah, and then they're like, Patrick, um, here's your wardrobe. And they hand me a hanger with underwear and, um, oh, that's it. Just that it was. Oh my a God. And underwear. then you're Carrie from Sex in the City. And I was like, uh. I'm going to need to talk to okay. somebody. Um, okay. Do I, do, can I wear something on top of that while I'm sitting here with my gut hanging out? <gasps> I'm like, is this all I'm wearing? They're like, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. But I'm like the Argyle guy. I'm usually like the Argyle sweater <gasps> and like the, like the LL Bean pants. <gasps> And they're like, not today, you're not. I'm like, well, someone should have told me that before I just fucking <laughs> railed craft services. Did like Jennifer Holiday all over like the fucking like <laughs> Yeah. Before I tried all the red bliss potatoes in a bucket. <laughs> what? I mean, okay, okay, great. So then I'm like, I'm like, I'll be right out. And I go to the bathroom and I must have done I did so many push-ups in this bathroom. And now <laughs> I, I I will do a push-up pretty much anywhere. A bathroom at this place was just like the equivalent of like in an outhouse. And I'm like... Prison bathroom. I'm like, my mouth is this close, <laughs> this to close feces. to like a, like a like a bucket full of hair. And I'm like, this is gross. Oh my God. I'm like, why did I eat that? And I'm, you know, my the food combinations at craft services are just terrible. Always. So like my whole body's now fucked up. Like I'm, I'm lactose intolerant. I can't eat. My body's not processing things right. So I'm like, I need to like shit my brains out. And I'm trying to like do push-ups and sit-ups in this tiny cramped place. And I have to put on this underwear. And I'm like, oh my God. Cut to, here's here's your girl for the afternoon. Great. Oh no. And she's like, she's maybe nine. She's still damp from coming out of her mother. She's yeah. like, she's close. And she's like, you know, my, my boyfriend doesn't really like me to do t- these types of things. It's the first time I've ever done a a photo shoot and I've definitely never done a photo shoot in my underwear. I'm like, well, guess what? I'm not interested. I don't in care. You. I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know if Chris Hansen's going to come out from behind the wall and like arrest me because you're so young and I'm not and blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, I'm sucking in for days. 
And she is also nervous, but she's also just had a cigarette. Oh, and ew. I think a jar full of pickles because we're, they're like, get closer, get closer. And I'm like, I can't, I can't. Her breath was so awful. Kicking? And she's shaking like Bambi on ice. Like she's just kind of like, because she's really nervous. And I am like, what is happening? And all I'm doing is trying to suck. I'm trying to like be as like tense and like flex everything that I have, oh. which you can see, I don't have much. So that's, they're like, okay. And then there's a hundred people around us and she's ba- she's just in her underwear and I'm in my unfortunate underwear. And uh, that woman was, was Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I can't wait to post this picture on the Instawebs for everybody to see because you look fantastic. So well, look, I-, I didn't see the King's Hawaiian rolls on you at all. They're hidden. Welcome to Dear Pod, the comedy advice podcast. I am your host, Prince Charles. And I am Tony Katane. And we're coming to you from the Maha'a Bar in the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? And then there's Maud. 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 That uncompromising, enterprising, anything but tranquilizing. Right on, Maud. I'm Maud. What a dynamic song. And then B. Arthur comes out. Uh Uh-huh. I never realized how sexy that song was. And it just doesn't line up to who the person is. Absolutely not. And she comes out like, hello, everybody. Wow. Who wrote the Maud theme song? Because that was some sexy 70s. Like, anything but tranquilizing. I beg to differ. Anything but tranquilizing. (laughs) Wow. But it, it kind of mimics the Good Times theme song. So there was a thing that was happening at the time that these shows were made. So everybody's theme song kind of sounded like that sexy 70s porn. But Good Times was actually, it when you It listen, tracked. Yeah. Yeah, so it matched the people. Yes, 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 yes. And then somebody was like, we'll just do the same thing for B. Arthur, you guys. Cut, she's print. Just like, she's just like the Evans family. And especially with the name Maud. Maud. How do we make Maud sound sexy? And then there's Maud. I have to recuse myself from this conversation as I know a Maud. And is she sexy? I recuse myself from this conversation. There you go. Perchance, have you read the recent, um, I forgot what magazine it is, with Gwyneth Paltrow? No. Okay. Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't read anything that Gwyneth Paltrow is doing since she steamed her vajutsa. I was Listen, done. I liked Gwyneth Paltrow a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. And then the more she opened up to her mouth, the more I was like, we need to stop this moving train. Mm-hmm. Especially when she said, you know, she struggled and it's hard, you know, it's really hard to struggle when your grandfather or your uh, godfather, Steven Spielberg. Oh, so she. When she, did she <laughs> ever say she struggled? She did. With what? I don't know. Flossing. I had to go to a different place to get kale. She was talking about how she gave up on um, she gave up on acting after having Apple. What? Because um, she realized she wanted to be a mother, and if she had to get in one more trailer and have her makeup done one more time, <gasps> and had to memorize two monologues for a movie that she did called Proof, which she also did the play, and, and I was like, "You sound." So obnoxious. Where is her PR person to reel her in? Like, you're a jackass. Are you kidding me? 
Have you seen her goop, like the goop lifestyle brand stuff where no. she was like, how to have a sensible dinner on $20. And it was like air and beans. And it was like beans that I bought from Vons, high end. You can buy them online. It's the most hysterical, unrealistic lifestyle brand website ever. She's obnoxious. She is. She made me want to throw my laptop out the window and then she's charge like, her for it. She's like the kind of girl that's like, yeah, I just live in a very sensible apartment in the West Village. So like, there is no sense of, there is no, no sense, there is, no. That is a house that you purchased. <laughs> for $5 million, minimum. Right. And minimum. then you and then you ruin the neighborhood by buying said apartment because you're going to the Peltro. The only thing she's got going for her is that her mother is Blythe Danner, who I feel like is drunk in every commercial that she does. Yes. She does like a Boniva equivalent commercial. And yes. she's like. Where it takes her about 25 minutes to put on that silk scarf. Because <laughs> yeah. it's stuck in her super dry hands. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Let's take a bow. I'm a theater actress. She's like, I've got brittle bones. Can somebody help me with this? And for my brittle bones, I take Boniva. Doesn't Sally Field sell this Yes, she does. And then like, they keep every take in that commercial. Someone's going to help me out. This damn scarf. That's why they put this, <laughs> the weight of the scarf breaks, Blythe The scarf is so damn heavy. <laughs> what is this made Wardrobe. out of? It's silk, Blythe. Oh. Wear this scarf so that it conceals your broken neck that you can't hold your head up all the way. We need to talk about Prince Heather. Harry and Meghan Markle quitting the family, which I didn't know was an option. You can quit your family? This is very exciting news for me. Well... I don't want to walk away from the sovereign, the Maguire sovereignty, but, you know, it's very exciting. But to me, the more exciting thing is just that they've been removed from Madame Tussauds or Tussauds, depending on if you're French and obnoxious. Well, it's Madame Tussauds because that's how they pronounce it. And second, (sighs) um, I think what he's doing is he's protecting himself because the last thing that I read about him was because he didn't. Um, he didn't like how his mother was treated, and that's why he's recusing himself. Well, I think there's a lot at play here. You you, you read the stuff. It's so funny because I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. I kind of don't have an opinion one way or the other. I so definitely I, don't have an opinion. I take to the internet, and I'm like, I'll let the internet tell me how to feel. And I we've definitely got don't have a an opinion bag. because I don't really have an opinion on the royal family. Neither do I. I mean, except for, well, here's what my newest opinion is of the royal family because I don't, I don't keep up with that. I'm not paying attention to whatever it is. Sure. But what I didn't realize is that they're funded by taxpayers, which is, makes sense. But you're funded by a taxpayer payer to be a figurehead. They don't affect change. They're not the government. So they're paying these people just to stay rich and in a castle and to like wear Gucci clothes and show up and do a weird little hand gesture. And, and then and you're a symbol of what? Exactly. And start a parade. And I'm just like, that That was the part where I was like, oh, if I lived in England, I'd be pissed. I have to pay you money because that's what came out was like how they're talking about being financially independent. 5% of their yearly income comes from the taxpayers. Well, so there's a big thread going on, a big text chain going on with my family about- Harry and Meghan, and they have very specific opinions. Now, I would think the same thing of like, if your mother was in the public eye and now your wife is getting lambasted and raked through the coals. I get it. It's like you don't want to be a part of that anymore. But 
I refuse to believe that they're walking away. Like he's, what's his LinkedIn profile going to look like? Born royalty today, ex-royalty. There's nothing in there. Like what? You don't know, maybe. And then it's like Microsoft Excel. Maybe he sells hemp necklaces with little beads in it. Well, this got my cousin going on a rant. And she sent this text. <laughs> We're not going to read that out loud, are we? <laughs> I'm curious what. Well, I'm. We use it. We use it. She was like, "Okay, let me get you started." This is how she feels about Meghan Markle. She cannot stand Meghan Markle. Dumped her first husband once she got famous and sent him back his ring in the mail. Dumped all her old friends when she got famous but had Oprah and George and Amal Clooney, who she barely knew at the wedding. Dumped her white trash family once she got famous and has never introduced her husband or baby to her father, who was major white trash but paid for high school and most of her Northwestern tuition. After her divorce, went to England, met with a bunch of publicists and journalists and said she wanted to date a famous British guy. Can you say social climber? Speaks about global warming and asks us to do better with our day-to-day recycling, but has the carbon footprint of a small country that flies privately a lot. Drove a wedge between Harry and his brother and has now insulted the aging queen by going against her wishes and announcing this new part-time royals job before the family could hash it out. Good luck with pop news! Well, here's the thing. She can't, she can't fly commercially. That would be a nightmare. That would be a security nightmare, not just for her, but for everyone else that travels around her that's also on the plane. But good point in that. It's an excellent point as someone who schedules someone who has a private plane. Well, then don't make that the the cross that you die on when you don't live what you preach. It's the same thing with what Ricky Gervais said on the, the Golden Globes. His monologue on Golden Globes. Can we just go back awesome. and pronounce his last name again, please? Ricky Gervais. Okay. What did I say? It's Ricky Gervais. Gervais. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not. It's Gervais. <laughs> I'm Ricky Gervais. I'm Ricky Gervais. I'm Ricky Gervais. Thank you. What are you talking what, about? Whatever. Whatever. Whatever makes it's you. It's Ricky Gervais, and okay. he has a figurine at Max uh, Max Tussauds. <laughs> <laughs> That's for all the ones that didn't make it into Madame Tussauds. <laughs> Talk about the Madame Tussauds rejects because that's really what I was after all this political jet. Hey, let's do some articles. Hey. I've called you all here today so that we can talk about today's theme, which is moving. Oh my god, moving. <laughs> moving out. Yes, this is a really weird specific theme. And then there's moving. It's it's uh I don't know why we landed on this. I think because, well. About a year ago, I went through a very traumatic move. Anytime you move, it's trauma and it's drama. Yes. And I said the next time, this, you know, the process of moving into the pineapple wrench was very dramatic. The most stressful thing I feel like I've ever gone through in my life. And they say next to death, moving is the hardest thing to, to deal with. Like one of the most stressful things to do. And I did say the next time I move, it's going to be in a body bag. Oh, wow. That will be my final move out or it's going to be in the backyard if you plant me under the, under the ground. Something to think about. I'd like to be a tree at Pineapple Ranch. Sure. We get treated very well here. Yes, moving is the theme today. People are moving all over. There's big changes happening. It's the new year. Um, and people are buying homes and things. And you don't have any desire to move, though, do you? You've, you've fiddled with it. You've fiddled fiddle with the with idea. Moving, but ultimately, I don't want to move. Oh, okay. So you're fine with being where you are. Yes. I like why did you, why were you looking at places to begin with? Because you came real close to moving to Brooklyn all of a sudden. Because Hell's Kitchen is 
chaotic, is loud, um, not peaceful, very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's constant too. Like you can never get away from. You walk out your door and you walk into traffic or urine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I like where I I like my unit where I live. You like the actual apartment. Correct. And once you leave said apartment, you'll never replicate that anywhere. Okay. All right. Unless I move to Chicago. If you could move anywhere in the world right now, money weren't an issue, where would you go? I want to say London, but... (gasps) I've said the same thing. I want to live in London. Somebody bring Dear Pod to London. All right. I lived there for half a year. Doesn't count. It does count. I would say anything above two months, you're considered living somewhere. If you know it well enough, and if my chip shop knew me, my pub knew me, I was like Norm from Cheers. Wow. Yeah, I want to go back. I also feel like my milky white complexion works over there. The only downer is that it rains a lot. Right. Not my... Not my... Not ideal. Not good for someone who has seasonal depression. I have wicked seasonal depression, too. And that is the kind of place that, yes, it's not Seattle, but there's something so quirky and quaint about it. And it feels like history. So that kind of makes up for it. Well, it should, because it is. Because that's where the history comes from. Yes. London town. London. Yeah, I'd put that on my list. The other place I would move, Napa. Oh. Yes. Give me Northern California. I won't be as specific as Napa. Like I like Big Sur. I like I like everything about Northern Cali. Huh. That's like a lot of like girls with their hair parted down the middle. Um, a lot of floppy felt hats. Yep. Yeah, multiple necklaces. Yeah. I think free people bags like, in the crook of their arm. Yeah, like a casual shift dress. I want to be effortless. I do wonder if I could be chill. Could I be chill enough to live in California? No. I'm so East Coast internally based. Uh-huh. But after, I mean, I was there for a good minute. I was in Sonoma for like two months. Uh-huh. So, and I definitely was angry when I first got there. You feel the hate of New York drip out of you slowly when you go somewhere else that's mellow. Well, yes. Yes, you do. Like when we go to Lancaster and you... <laughs> Are waiting in line for like a coffee, and you realize, like you, it, you're very self-aware. You're like, "Holy shit! I've I've been conditioned to be this raging asshole yeah. that expects coffee within five seconds." Yeah, and Instead when people someone, take like, too long, hey, how's your day? How like these people are genuinely nice, asking me questions. I'm like, I don't have time for your niceties. I have nowhere to go right now. At a, at, at <laughs> you know, like, I don't have anywhere vacation. to be. Quickly. I need to go, go, go. <laughs> it's so. Like the first day that I was in Sonoma, I walked into a Starbucks. And as soon as I walked in the door, the guy was like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, what do you want from me? You shut the fuck up, Helen. Give it to me right now, <laughs> Bobby. You should have had the latte waiting. You should have known. You should have anticipated my needs. But I was so instantly angry. And I was like, oh, wait, he's just being genuine. Yeah. He wasn't wanting anything from it's me. Shocking. And I was like, stop it. You're going to harass me. You're going to catcall me. Especially women. Ooh. There's, I have an instant rage response as soon as I walk out the door. Like, I'm ready for a fight. And one guy said to me, he was like, hey, I like your dress. And I was like, shut. Uh, 
And then I had to like rapist. <laughs> Hashtag me too. But the best part was I was like, I watched it process in my brain when I walked by and I realized like, oh, he gave me a compliment uh-huh. and that was actually okay. And I'm not in New York anymore. So this is how it came out. I was like, hey, thank you. <laughs> it was like I was taking a dump while I was trying to, I'm fighting against everything in my soul to start to say, fuck you. So I just changed it to thank. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And when you meet people being happy in other places, it's very overwhelming. It's we very shocking when people are like, I like your coat today. I'm like, how much is it? Like Your latte? Oh, I know. I like your coat. Uh-huh. How much is the latte? Like, yeah, like, I don't want, but we're I don't, so weird. It's like Annie. You know, when Annie goes into Daddy Warbucks's house for the first time and she was like, well, first I'll start with the windows and then I'll do the floors in case I drip anything. And they're like, no, no, Annie, you live here now. I do. Like, it takes I a do, second. Anne Rankin. I do. Well, well, prove it. Dance for me. Dance and prove it that I live here. Give me Bobby's dance. And where's Mrs. Greer? She's drunk in the closet. She started a driver's head outside of Chicago. So, if it were actually New York, she'd be like, Cecile will pick out all your clothes. Fucking Cecile, get over here. Get down here right now. Cecile's late. Take her shopping. Cecile's late. Cecile is always late because she's getting boned by her boyfriend. Damn it, Cecile. Yes. So today's theme is moving, <laughs> is, what, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say to you. So we have some articles, and I thought that this would be much more difficult to find articles on, but you'd be surprised. These people are, people have thoughts about moving, and they're asking Anne and Abby how to make changes in their lives. So, so why don't you kick us off? Give me an article. Okay. All right. Well, as we know with our articles. Uh-oh. You know, it may not be the process of moving. It may be asked to move out. (gasps) Here we go. The Albuquerque Journal, Albuquerque, New Mexico, February 5th, 1971. It was a Friday. Anytime I say Albuquerque, I feel like I'm not saying it right. I feel like I I have either a minor stroke or like I'm drooling on the side of my mouth. It's the Madame Tussauds of cities. Or I'm like, I've had like one too many shots. Like, are you drunk? I can drive home. What did you say? (laughs) Welcome to Albuquerque. No, I live in Albuquerque. And now this is me drunk. No, I live in Albuquerque. (laughs) It's really not different at all. (laughs) And this is Blythe Danner saying Albuquerque. 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 I'll have an Albuquerque. Sure, I'll have an Albuquerque. It sounds like you said Albuquerque. That's right. Albuquerque. (laughs) If you live in Albuquerque and you can't put on a silk scarf, then you need Prolia in Albuquerque. Dear Abby. My mother is my problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the article. Dear Abby, my mama's my problem. The end. Paging Dr. Freud. Dear Abby, my mother is my problem. I am an only child. If you can call a woman of 24 a child, I want to have an apartment with a very nice girlfriend of mine. But every time I mention it, oh my God. But every time I mention it, my mother hits the ceiling. She keeps telling me I am her whole life. Ooh. Yes, my father is living, but he and mom have never had much of a marriage. They never go anywhere together, and they have no friends. <laughs> if, if I go on a date, my mother waits up for me and asks me a lot of questions. Ugh. What did you say? What did you say? 
I used to tell my mother everything, but I don't anymore, which hurts her as she lets me know it. I know I should move, but how can I? Mom does everything to keep me home. I pay no room or board, although I have offered and can afford and can afford it. Mom does all my laundry, even my lingerie, every night. She makes my bed and cleans my room, closets, and drawers. Can you help me, Abby? Signed, Too Much Mother. Oh. Dear Two, you answered your own question. I know I should move, but the how may take more fortitude than, the, than you possess. First, tell your mother that you are moving. Pack up and move. Avoid lengthy discussions, explanations, and debates, and don't feel guilty. You are entitled to a life of your own, and under the present setup, you'll never, you'll never have it. The free room and board, laundry, housekeeping, etc., are extensions of the umbilical cord. Oh, oh, is that the end of it? Yeah. Meet my beloved mother. I mean, mother. <laughs> I. Oh, yeah. How old is this guy? Did he say? I think it's a woman. Oh, gal. I automatically assumed it was a guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's you can a lot. Call me a woman of twenty-four. Oh, call yeah. me a woman of. Yeah, get out. <laughs> twenty-four too. Look, what? I have learned that you cannot tell your mother everything. <sighs> I'm a man. Uh, yeah. Time for her to go. <laughs> How do I riff on this? Well, I don't understand. Like, what? So your parents don't have any... This is the problem with... They don't have any friends? People that are, treat their children as their friends. They're like, she's my best friend. No, she's not. She's your fucking daughter. Yeah. And it's time to be done with it. But you're my best friend. Last so she feels I, responsible for living in the house because they don't have any friends and they don't go anywhere, but they have each other. And just they don't... because you grew her inside of you and then passed her through your vagina does not necessarily mean you're going to be best friends. Yeah, they might be a monster. Right. But it's more about... Why would I want to be best friends if someone just tore my vagina in half? <laughs> well, I keep those people around because they know my secrets. Oh, what? So, so the house is just an extension of her uterus at this point. So, like, when did you move out of your your mom's house? <sighs> um, when I went to college, and then that was that. You never moved back in. Uh, I moved back in for a month, once, and that was. Because... So you went to college, and right after college, you're like, "That's it. Yep. I'm not moving back in." We went into the city. Well, we all kind of. It was like a, an episode who's, of Friends. Who's we all? What were you we rags all, to riches? Yes, it was like, hey guys, we're gonna get, we're gonna get a band together. We're gonna move to the city. We went right from college into New York, and all of us got like apartments. Well, you together. and Tisha Campbell, and yeah, and then we just kept it real, and it was Great. very. It's a different world. She wasn't in a different world. She oh. was in rags to riches. I never watched rags to riches, but I did what? watch a different world. Um, why did I not know that Meshach Taylor died? Just side note. I heard this the other day. I'm not I'm not plugged into the Meshach Taylor community. He died a long time ago. I know, like years ago. But I was really like, where's Hollywood these days? I Hollywood. think it was because I watched that episode of Key and Peele and he was dressed up like with the Hollywood glasses. And I'm like, what happened? Hollywood died? I had no idea. Hollywood died. Yeah. Wait, going back. Oh, yeah. So we went, I went to college. And then right from there, all of us got apartments together in New York because we just dovetailed right from one to the other. Mm. I don't even know. I... Maybe I went home for the summer before that, but really, once I was out, I was pretty much out. Huh. And then when I lost an apartment and I, I had to go away to do a show, I had like a gap in my life. So I went back and I lived with my parents for a month and I wanted to kill myself because huh. I was in my early 20s at that point. And even just for that month, you've, you've, you've you, you got to fly the nest. You've got your own thing going on. 
And, and yes, my mother is the same way where she's like, I'll just wait up for you to make sure you're home. Are you home? It's like two in the morning. Hi, I'm waiting up for you. It's creepy. <laughs> I won't sleep if I know you're out. You can talk to her about it. Even when I go back to like visit for a weekend or something and I'm like, well, I'm going out. I'm meeting up with people. I don't know. Like when I go home for Boston Comedy Festival or any kind of festivals, these nights are long. You know, I have like late shows and then we're all going to bars afterwards. I got to wait up for you. And she'll be there. Curlers in her hair. Like it's 1955. Interesting. Yeah. Does, does your mother do that when you go home? Wait up for you? My mom's 88. No. She's not even awake when you're there. I mean, she'll wake. If I came home, She, I would. she's a light sleeper. Did you have to move in back in with her afterwards or something? After, what, you went to college? What? Oh, yeah, I did. Okay. So where'd you go to school? So I don't know again. anything about you. Tell well, me. we've gone over this, I'm, I'm forgetting, though. Do you know? Um... Does Jim know, or are you asking me where I went to college? Yeah, do you know where he went to college? Yes, he does. Where? DeVry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please Indiana email University. me if you went to DeVry. I went to Indiana University, mm-hmm. and then after college, I moved home because my dad was sick, and um, I, was, I don't think I was ready. I couldn't have moved out at that point. So when I did move out, this was like a year or two years after he died. So I, think, I don't know what I was. I was waiting tables downtown Chicago, and I lived in the. St- <laughs> I lived in Old Town Chicago, and um, it was this little house, and I lived in the attic. <gasps> oh and, my God, Anne Frank! <laughs> and my landlord sometimes would, you know, be in my apartment when I'd get home, because my, my the door. So you'd walk up the stairs, and then there's like this little like attic door, which was a hollow core door, which is my front door. A hollow court, if you want to know, is what's made specifically for closets. But this was my front door. Oh, no. And then I had another- But your another... front door was in the house. Right. Okay. And then I had another back door, which I never used because it was, you just didn't use it. And that was more substantial. But so I would sometimes come in my apartment and she would be up there. I'm like, <gasps> can I help you? <laughs> She's sitting on my bed. She's like, oh, we're fixing the heater. I'm like, well, maybe I think you give me 24 hour notice, right? No, no. And then I said something to her husband and he laid into me. I'm like, okay, great. I'm moving out. (gasps) You would go in and she would just be in your place? Yeah. Was she actually fixing anything or was she going through shit? Did you, I mean, this was the day before cameras because I would love to know what she did in there. She was fixing, she was just, she was one of the weirdest landlords I think I've ever had. Ugh. She's one of those girls that, or women that, she couldn't get her thought out. She's like, so um, yeah, um, there's um, I would hit her on the back. We're um doing heat in Europe. We're gonna um, it'll go on and on like that for it seemed like an eternity, and then I'd smack her on the back of the head, and then she'd and then she'd stop skipping. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we, we want to work on the heat yeah. in your apartment and like uh, uh, inside. Yeah. And then I moved to another apartment not that far away. And then my last apartment in Chicago was actually the apartment building right next door to the stutterer. No. Wait, what? <laughs> that, uh, uh, oh, that's uh, the, uh, so you uh, moved uh, next You're to- moving in. Uh, oh my God. That is creepy. And then after that, you were like, "I'm not. I'm never moving back in with my parents ever again." 
Well, I only had one at that point. Thanks for bringing it oh, up. Oh, sorry. Oh That's when the podcast God. got awkward. I'm not actually <laughs> listening to what you're saying. All I hear is bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. My line, and bullshit, then I, my line. And then I moved to New York. So and I really didn't all... live downtown for that long. Okay. And then I moved to New York. You cut the cord real fast. It was very difficult because, you know, my mom, then I was basically, I was the only one living at home. Because you were the baby. Right. And my mom had just lost her husband and... Did she not want you to move? She knew that it, I mean, she knew that I had to move out. Yeah. It was just kind of sad. Aww. It was very sad. Oh, no. So. But then I gave her a reason to go downtown Chicago. So then we had our you own. You brought room. her out and you showed her the world. That, wait a minute. And then you brought her to a gay bar and then she was like, I want to go back home. Did I tell you that story? Oh, wait, too? that was me. <laughs> I brought my mother to Lips downtown. I bring my family to drag shows all the time. So when I worked, one of my first waiting tables jobs was called the Mashed Potato Club in Chicago. And it was a restaurant slash club. And someone that I was dating at the time, um, after I'd quit advertising, he said, oh, I can get your job at this place. And maybe you should do that while you're, you know, acting and whatever. And then one time, one night, my mom showed up with one of her friends to see where I worked. Wait, what? And I was like, oh, God. She just decided to do a night out on the town and went to the mashed potato club. And then it turned into a rave. And she was like, well, this place is, wait a minute. She was. Um, that taint is very close to these potatoes. She was met at the door by Barbie doll, who was a 75-year-old Brazilian drag queen. Is this how you came children. out to her? No, I came out to her before, but I had to keep coming out to her because she didn't seem to understand. <laughs> coming out and out and out. <laughs> so, so many Barbie doll would offer my mom and her friend <laughs> jello shots at the front door, which were the worst <laughs> things ever. Like if you can make a bad jello shot, they did. And my mom's like, no, thank you. <laughs> wow. That's fantastic. So just imagine my mom and her friend just like very like, you know, put together. High heel shoes everywhere. You know, like anytime she goes downtown, it's she's you'll hardly ever see her in a sneaker unless it's like the summer in our summer place, whatever. Uh-huh. But you know, she has you know she's no she has not been exposed to me in a gay setting at all. And I'm like, she's like, so is this a gay bar? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I would never. Anytime anyone asks me where I was, I'm like, no, it's not gay. They're like, Patrick, are you gay? No. Why would you say that? Like I still was like. Then you bring her to like the Disney World of gay clubs. It's like you didn't come out of the closet. You shot out of the cannon. I'm now wearing like I think I I've started to transition from like closeted homosexual to like I'm out so now like my weight has dropped off I'm a little liberated my my jeans are tighter than it's like a second skin oh wow banana hammocks and my mom is just looking around like what the fuck is are you happening? gay <laughs> wait why didn't you tell me that I told you that I've been telling you that for two years now um I see. You're Barbie doll, and I raise you all beef patty. That's what they called me. Uh, well, you are all beef patty now. <laughs> all beef patty was a drag queen in New York. And when my family went to Florida together, I brought them to the gay bar Mannequins that was part of Pleasure Island. There was a gay time. bar named Mannequ- called Mannequins. Where? And it was in Pleasure Island in Disney. Downtown Disney. Downtown Disney. Remember Pleasure Island where we were like, is this Disney? I don't know. (laughs) Like, why is there an 80s bar where where guys are like macking on? What's happening? So I brought them to Mannequins where there were a lot of drag queens. And like, that's the world I come from. Drag queens? Drag queens and like gay guys. Like, I'm I'm a gay man, technically. What, you're 
That's Wait, what Chuck dad, Ragsdale says. Is your dad a drag queen? No, he was not um, oh. yet. But, you okay. know, holding out hope any day. Yeah. So I brought all the gals to Mannequins, which was the gay bar, and we took pictures with all these drag queens afterwards, and, like, my family made it into a calendar. They just had so much fun. <laughs> so when they came to visit me in New York, they were like, we want to go to a drag show. So I brought them down to Lips, which I don't know if Lips still no. exists anymore. Yeah. So I brought them down to Lips where All Beef Patty worked. All Beef Patty was technically a football player. She was like 6'5", big gal. And I, so you're, you, your mother gets jello shots. All Beef Patty comes over to the table, grabs my mother's boobs and says, you got some big titties, bitch. <laughs> and I was like, welcome to New York, you guys. This is the life I live. So there's a picture of my mother with All Beef Patty. I'm sure you couldn't do that. In today's climate. I know. What a shame, huh? That you can't get away with getting molested by all beef patty. When... She wasn't molested. She was just testing it. Yes. Out. She was like, well, they they are and, and they should be appreciated. Thank you, beef patty. Thank you, ABP, <laughs> for fondling my mother's chesticles. All right. I'm going to give you an article right all now. All right. This one comes from the Ottawa Journal in Canada, oh. which is where the royals will Home be living of Meghan soon. Markle. Exactly. And this is Wednesday, December 6th, 1972. Moving out of house, not a good solution. Dear Ann Landers, I am 15 years old and have had one hell of a lousy life so far. My father and mother have been married for 24 years and my dad has been an alcoholic and a woman chaser since I can remember. My mom has been talking about a divorce for 10 years, but she'll never get one because she still loves him in spite of everything. The thing that has me half crazy is the fact that dad bought a trailer four months ago and is keeping a woman in it. Alive? (laughs) The trailer is less than 10 minutes from our house and he shuttles back and forth. My nerves are in shreds because of this and the doctor has me on tranquilizers. 15 years old, by the way. (laughs) Mom cries a lot. When what with the drinking and the fighting and no sleep and peace of mind, I'm a wreck. I might sound like a horrible kid, but is there some way I can legally get out of this house? Can I ask to be put in a foster home somewhere? I have no relatives that I care to live with. Strangers would be better. Please, Anne, help me. Desperate 15. Dear 15, moving out of the house is not a good solution. You'd probably feel guilty about abandoning your mother and wonder whether going back there it would be... Wait... One more time. Let's try it again. Dear 15, moving out of the house is not a good solution. You'd probably feel guilty about abandoning your mother and wonder what's going on back there and be in worse shape than ever. My advice is to get some counseling and learn how to play the hand that circumstances has dealt you. Your your school counselor or an understanding clergyman can help you by just listening. Yeah, I bet. Uh If at 15 you run from trouble instead of learning how to handle it, you'll be running all your life. And 15 years old. 15 once. 1972. Listen to him. I've had one hell of a lousy life so far. (laughs) Ah, Let me put this cigar out on my own ass. Ah. Uh, my father's been married 24 years, and my dad has been an alcoholic and woman chaser for as long as I can remember. Uh, don't you feel like it was the mother that wrote this? Yeah. And then she just is like, I'm, I'm 15. Yeah, that's the story. 15. Uh, I've lived a hell of a life. I'm ready to go. 
I'm done. I'm done with this. I've I, seen a lot of things. My father's got a trailer and he keeps a woman in it. She's not alive, but he keeps her in there. He keeps her on ice. <sighs> it's like that Tom Petty video. What is it? Last. Oh, the only last Tom Jeff, Petty video I know is the one where it was Alice in Wonderland. Oh. Don't come around here no more. Speaking of keeping a woman in a trailer, I feel like Tom Petty is that dead woman in a trailer. Hasn't he been? He's dead. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm just walking right into it today, aren't I? Tom Petty and Meshach Taylor are having a weird 1980s tea party in the sky right now. Did you did, have you did you read that thing about um, Cardi B where someone sent her flowers and quoted a Tom Petty song? No. And she thought it was they were from Tom Petty. <laughs> so the flowers are from Cardi Tom Petty. B. <laughs> and it was like a I, I forgot what the quote was, but do they She's have like, edible arrangements in heaven? Flowers, blah, blah. <laughs> <She was> like, <laughs> Tom Petty's been dead, and I don't think that he likes you. And one eight hundred flowers does not deliver from that far. Believe no. me, I tried to get them from state to state. They're not delivering from heaven. Wow, you she got flowers from Tom Petty in the afterlife. Good for her. Good for Cardi her. B. She's not too sharp. That card. She's not the the sharpest yeah. card in the. Bunch, deck. whatever. Yeah. There you go, card in the deck, something like that. I don't know. It's the sharpest Cardi B in the deck. I don't know. Wow. Sharpest knife in the drawer. Also, an understanding clergyman can help you 15 years old, especially uh, if you're looking for a place to stay. What I don't understand is when people are like, you should talk to your priest. My mom has told me this a couple times. <gasps> like, well, maybe you could go talk to your priest. About what? That was like, that's some 1960s advice, though. That was when people actually did go to the church regularly. I've never talked to a priest about anything. When we had confessional, like for the first time. I'm not confessing anything. You're, you're 12 years old. What are you going to really confess? Like, I killed a man. I masturbated a hundred times. Because <laughs> I'm 12. And guess what, priest? So have you. Yeah. But I didn't go blind. I got some in my eye and it stings like shit. But but I remember feeling blind. like I had to make something up. And I, I told, I asked my mother, I was like, what do I say in this confessional? And then she she gave me things to tell the priest. Tell me you had an abortion. <laughs> tell him you fought with your brother. That was a big thing. Tell him you killed, you killed someone in the backyard. Yeah. Tell him that you're keeping a woman in a trailer on ice. And she's been dead for 12 years now. You threw Sister Mary down a flight of stairs and now she's dead. Yeah. My mother got real dark. How do you get blood out of the sofa? Tell him you cheated on your husband. I don't have a husband. Tell, Tell him, him you got married. a husband. <laughs> Tell him you're secretly married to R. Kelly. Yeah. And then the best part is I could have technically led with, I'm lying about this whole confessional because of somebody else has told me what to say in my confessional. <laughs> Tell him you slept with R. Kelly. <laughs> There's a new season of that. How do you get two seasons out of being held hostage by R. Kelly? It's a lot of information. People want to know more. Where are the girls now? The whole, Really, that whole first season was just people screaming underneath his window. So what is this second season going to be? Knocking know. on the door and running. <laughs> ding dong ditch. <laughs> ding dong ditch. Season two, R. Kelly. Ding dong ditch. Oh. Here we go. From the Daily Spectrum, St. George, Utah, August 22nd, 1991. Dear Abby, Judy and I have been married for one month and I have already filed for a divorce. Judy! This is the second marriage for both of us. The problem is, Judy's 16-year-old daughter, Lynn, Lynn told her mother that if she stayed married to me, she'd go live with her father. Judy doesn't want Lynn to live with her father because he drinks. 
Also, Lynn threatened to get pregnant just for fun. <laughs> Haven't we all? Judy insists that she loves me. She says she doesn't want a divorce, and the solution would be for, for me to move out and to get a separate apartment near her for two years until Lynn is 18. Abby, I love Lynn. I love Judy more than any woman I've ever known. But what kind of marriage would we have living in separate apartments? Please tell me what to do. Signed, Unhappy in Virginia. Mm. Dear Unhappy, move out. This is just so you know, the second time she started the answer with move out. Okay. Per my last. Easy, easy enough. Move out. But as long as you love Judy... Don't push for a divorce until you are positive that you really want one. Lynn is blackmailing her mother. Who can't be blamed for doing what she thinks is best for her daughter? Both the daughter and mother need counseling. I recommend it. I really thought you were just going to stop it and move out. Move out! That's a very Ann Landers answer, though. It is. Get out of there! Get out! Wait, so they're going to stay married, but they're going to be in two different apartments? Yeah. This sounds fantastic. Well, this is what Kaylee Cuoco does. Kelly? Kaylee? What the fuck is her name? What? Who is, like, really, who is Kaylee Cuoco? Is that her name or is it Kelly? Is it Kaylee? Gervais? Big, big Bang Theory. You say Gervais and I say Gervais. You say <laughs> I got Cuoco. And you... And you gotta go. If you've got gingivitis, you should use Prolia. Really, this scarf keeps getting heavier and heavier. Right now, my head is sinking down into my L4 and L5. Ah. I'm blithe. Why is it when I do blithe dinner, I have to sink back away from the microphone? That's because that's how she talks. I'm Sing blithe. Song, like willows in a field. Oh. Blithe dinner. Anyway, All no, right. I, would, I don't believe in separate apartments. And I don't feel like getting pregnant out of spite is a really <laughs> good idea. Just, but just, not out of spite, just for fun. Yeah. Because I know when I think of ways to get even with somebody, a hysterical way to do it is by having a child. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you. I'm going to go get pregnant. I'm going to drink this poison and you're going to be mad now. <laughs> That'll show you. <coughs> Getting even. Though I'm sure that there's a... I wonder, like... Rich and famous people who have the ability to, to have multiple homes. You can't sure. tell me that everybody still lives together. Didn't Angelina and Jolie and Brad Pitt, they had that massive castle. Do you telling me that they saw each other every day? I if you can have a whole... Technically, we could be in a whole different wing and I could never see my jewels again. And that's called marriage. That sounds lovely. We see each other at the end of the night when we talk to each other over our intercoms. Oh. Click. Good night. Click. Good night. <laughs> You have to say signing off so that I know that we're signing off. Click beating off. I mean, signing it off. <laughs> signing it off. <laughs> All right. I have an article from the Logansport Pharaohs Tribune in Logansport, Indiana, April 16th, 1982. Ooh, a Friday. I know Logansport. Oh, talk about a theme here. Ready? Yes. Moving in with mom doesn't always work. Doesn't. Tell me about it. Dear Ann Landers. Until two months ago, I was a well-paid office manager for an automobile company. I am a female, 28. My sister, two years older, worked for a public relations firm. She received her pink slip Friday. We share a comfortable apartment in Manhattan, but we can't stay here much longer. The job market is very soft, and living expenses are out of sight. Our mother, divorced 10 years ago, retired in 1979 and moved in with her mother, who is 70 and widowed. 
grandmother's home has five glorious bedrooms, a three-car garage, and is filled with lovely childhood memories. It's near Brunswick, New Jersey. My sister and I decided it would make a lot of sense for us to move in with Mom and Grammy until we find suitable employment. The four of us talked about it over dinner Sunday, and they were both very enthusiastic. How does this setup sound to you, Anne? From an economic standpoint, it would be a godsend to my sister and me. What do you say? Signed, oh, God, I hate this word. Toe in the water. Oh. Toe in the water? Yeah, just the T word. I hate that word. Toe? Yes. In New York. Dear, say the word again. Toe? Many families are doubling up these days because of job losses and divorces. Both women and men are moving in with mom and pop, quote, temporarily, end quote. Sometimes it works like a charm. Other times it's a disaster. Depending on the temperament, flexibility, maturity, and the threshold of tolerance for all parties involved. A word of caution, however. Guidelines should be drawn up and discussed in detail before anybody calls the van. Ray Fowler, executive director of the American Association for Marriage and Family Therapists, came up with the following suggestions. I believe they could be they can serve as a good base for anyone considering this plan. One, clarify house rules. Include everything. Room and board, eating schedules, cleanup responsibilities, space arrangements. Review from time to time and change to accommodate circumstances and keep the lines of communication open. Two, recognize that conflicts are sure to occur. 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 Ricky Gervais has conflicts. (laughs) Settle them quickly and with good humor. Three, set a target date for departure. Even if it changes, it gives everyone parameters and an opportunity to bring up the subject. Four. Realize that children who come home during times of stress need sympathy and comfort, but not indulgence. Five, act in accord as parents on homecoming rules and arrangements. Expect children to abide by parental values. Six, respect one another's privacy. Both generations should have their own lives. And that's the longest answer she's ever given to anything ever. I was going to say, when they really want to... Like focus. She took some Adderall. She's like, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna deep dive on this one. I feel like she came up with these rules because you have to know she and her sister moved back in with their parents at some point. Oh, absolutely. I'm divorced, but I'm very happy living with my mother and grandmother. I want to kill myself. My mother keeps trying to wear my wigs. I don't know. My mom has always asked me. Well, you know, you know. Are you sure you don't want to move home? Every mother wants to do that. My mother has said that to me more times than I can say. So speaking of mothers and families and cousins and people who are getting molested by drag queens just for a moment, uh, I think it's time for a semi-new segment that may come and go. We're very flexible with yes, this. Yes, we're flat. It depends on where they are and what's happening. But give me give me a little ticker tape for this one. Give me, give me actually something new because it's 2020 and I want a new song for our new segment called Wait, wait a Minute, Man. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Ready? Wait a minute. W-E-I-G-H-T. It's time to call my mother, who's hanging out with my cousin, because they just came from their weekly Weight Watchers weigh-in, and they want accountability. So we've decided that we will call them and check up, see how the meeting went, and see how their weekly walk at the mall went. This is what people do. They walk indoors. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. We're sitting here outside of Cafe Nero at the Burlington Mall having our 
seltzer and a crappy Greek yogurt. Other oh. than that, I'm okay. Wow. Oh. You are Ooh. angry and you're on a today. diet. And uh, I like that now Cafe Nero is getting free advertising yeah. from us. Yes, they are. Oh. Yes. Oh. And the Burlington Mall. Well, hello. Um, how did the, the weigh-in go this week, ladies? Well, I think we all did okay. We all went down. That's a good thing. On oh. who? Christy, Christy's <laughs> with us today, too. Oh. Uh, it's the first time. So I lost two pounds. Be gentle. And how that happened, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Why? Caroline what did you eat? Also. What did, Caroline, are you both and I. You, you're both well, down two pounds. Yes, but like, uh, you know, I don't know. i got to throw out the Christmas candy. It's kind of still around the house. And every time I walk by the candy dish, I grab something. So that's not on the points. But uh, <laughs> it uh, is, no, you, you think, see, you're yeah, not following guess, the program then. Well, no, I mean, there really is no program. Anything you cook. I can't make something for myself and something for your father. That's just how it goes. He'll so, eat uh, whatever you make. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, Look at her, she's anyway, Can you uh, we're tell? good. We're 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 encouraged, and uh, and it's a nice day. And how and is Callie out, feeling? Callie, Callie's feeling fine. Would you like to say hi to her? Yes, please. All right. Oh, oh I'm not really feeling fine. <laughs> 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 matter of fact, this was week one. I am fatter, so I should have lost more than two pounds. And I went to the gym five times. So I'm a little pissed, but I'm okay. Only two. So you're up, you're disappointed that it's only two after the first well, week. Well, be only because it's the first week. After that, I will be fine with that. But the first week should have been better. Oh, okay. You uh, you guys are very disappointed in yourselves today is what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Or my mother's just disappointed mm -hmm. in the Greek yogurt. I think she's very disappointed in the Greek yogurt. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> and I just ate a crappy old banana. Yum. I love how angry you guys. Old banana. <laughs> you, but you have and other I just options. I had a black banana. <laughs> <laughs> then Cafe Nero needs to restock their damn bananas. It's not your fault. Well, is it you even open? I am. It. It. it oh, of course, it's open. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know what? We. They need cut up fruit like they go you go on their website oh you can have this great cut up fruit they don't have that not at they cafe near, maybe you're going to yeah. the wrong place no well it says on there you know if you go on their app that they've got it so they're liars too uh, so we're having a bad day <laughs> oh my god and it, wait is christy on weight watchers as well she's beginning yes and she i said she, <laughs> she said the meeting was pretty pathetic. <laughs> yeah, that meeting. Well, they have a meeting and then they have a weigh-in, right? Yeah, but the weigh-in's fine. So I said, you can weigh in and then, you know, leave in the future. It's a lot of, let's put it this way, older women, you know. Oh, so, so she's not Not exactly for the youthful. But she, oh. she does like the um, the app and all that stuff. She, she does like all that. So. Well, maybe she'll meet Oprah. Well, she could potentially meet Oprah. I think your mother and I are done. <laughs> I mean, not not done with Weight Watchers, but I just don't think with that caliber of a Weight Watcher. You have no faith. <laughs> Zero. Yeah. Um, no, just we're, side we're, note. We're doing, we're doing okay, though. You know, we did lose, so we have to look at that. Here, well, I'm going to make you feel a little oh. bit better. Oh, God, it's that kind of day. I'm going to make you feel a little bit better about yourself. Um, I was just telling Patty about meeting all beef, Patty. Huh? Remember all beef patty? Oh yes! Oh yes! <laughs> I loved all beef. ABP. All beef was the best. All beef. Wasn't yes. she? 
and oh my uh, god she was like just an oh my god she was like this so tall huge woman she was quite a woman she was ever <laughs> exactly every other inch a lady was all beef and patty on, like shaka khan she's every woman <laughs> she's <laughs> all in me and she's also pink everything about her was pink oh i forgot that I said kink. yeah I thought you said well, maybe she meant pink the that's singer. Probably true. That's probably true. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Patty was I saying. Thought you said, I thought you said kink. <laughs> yeah, she's all kink all the time. Well, she all did kink. molest my mother, so you know. She thought she had quite a rack. <laughs> <laughs> and she told her that we were like, huh? And if you we get so hard. if you get endorsed by all beef Patty, then you're in. I'm just saying. What else is there? Well, I'm I'm yep. sorry that you guys are angry this week. I know you expected more than two pounds, but hey, you are on the right path. That's right. We're two pounds less than we were last week. Amen. There you go. That's the spirit. Yeah, exactly. Our carbon footprint is less. Oh, well, you're no Meghan Markle, but we will oh, try. Don't even get us started on that. Holy oh. God. They are not that's, fans that's of the Markle. That's a phone call for Nancy. No, that's a phone call for Nancy. Oh, no, I know. I've already I've, I've read her monologue to Patty. Oh, so, God, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, she has some some severe opinions. Well, we yes, wish you all so. the best of luck with the Weight Watchers. Next week, we will be checking in with you to make sure. Actually, in a couple weeks, I think we're going to be checking in with you because I think. Well, hopefully, yeah. we'll be in, in a better place. We'll you will be. be. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll still Each be on Each journey it. begins with a single step. <laughs> it sure oh, does. Oh, God. And Not one day, dating. you'll be just like Oprah, and you'll pull out a red flyer radio wagon or whatever the fuck it's called. Oh, and pull all my fat on and the stage. And pull all your fat on the stage. Is that what she does? <laughs> she did. No, remember that's what she did. She did I remember that. When she was like eight pounds and she pulled, she's like, I've never been this thin! And then it was like chunks of fat. Yep. Excuse yep. me? Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't know she did this. Yeah. Oh yeah, you'll have to Google that. You'll Can you imagine it. the props guy that had to set that beforehand and be like, wait a minute, you want me to do what? Yep. Get what? And the thing is, is she's then gained it all back anyway. Yeah. So. Oh. Well, you two have a fun morning. Well, you I. We're very proud of you. Keep going in the right direction. You're gonna be fine, and your sad yogurt. Yes. Well, she'll. Yeah, we're gonna watch her eat this yogurt. It ought to be. I should <laughs> Facetime you on that. Jeez. Is there anything I'm worse? Okay. I'm fine. I'm okay. We're fine over here. We don't want to <laughs> see people eat dairy products. <laughs> Um, all right. All right. Well, have a put, good day. Put Madam back on so we can say goodbye to her, and then Very we'll good. we'll call it a day. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Oh, hello. Go eat your yogurt. Oh, okay. I will. All right. Have good. <laughs> have a good time at Cafe Nero. I will, and we'll talk with you soon. Get have those steps day, in. Bye. 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 She's like, I can't find the thing to turn off the, the phone and the thing and the... Well, there you go. Wait a minute, folks. W-E-I-G-H-T. Ups and downs in that wait a minute. I know. They, they were down today. But that's okay. It's going to be a process. It is a process. Greek yogurt is hard to process. Oh, tell me about it. And a rotten banana. A bad banana is not good. There has to be. They're, they're going to be fine. There's other options. If you look at that Weight Watchers book... You can eat your weight in, I'm not, in greens. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. They don't count fruit. Fruit is very sugary. It is. I know, That's and why they you're not don't count to eat it. Before. Sometimes, was someone called uh, frozen grapes, uh, like silver bullets? 
because they're, they're so slowly much sugar. killing you. Yeah. Because you're wow. like filled with sugar and then you eat them before you go to bed. And you're like, that's a bad idea. And then you choke on Fruit them. before bed. You just ruined my Jules' diet for forever. He well, loves a grape. I love a grape too. I think you're not supposed to eat them before because there's so much sugar that you're not supposed to have it before you go to bed. However, most people drink before they go to bed and that's loaded with sugar too. So oh. what do I know? I'm not a dietitian. I'm not. I'm really not. Why do you say that to me when I have like a glass of wine every night? And I well, know shouldn't. I shouldn't. You shouldn't. Well, shut up, damn it. So we have a, a slight shift in our next segment. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to switch it up a little bit and take questions from people on Instagram. So I've been putting the ask your questions option on the Instagram story. So follow us at Dear Pod Official. You can also follow me at Erin McGuire Official, where I'm also taking questions over there. And they can follow you at, you have a weird handle. P-E-O-B-6254. Did you get all that? Rewind it and say it again. P-E-O-B. That's Patrick Edward O'Brien, 6254. P-E-O-B tampons. Yep. I'm not as crap. I mean, because I have a basic name, Patrick O'Brien, so there's a thousand of us. So you had to switch it up and make it extra complicated for the people to find Yeah, well, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. So follow us on any of these platforms we put on our Insta story that you can ask us questions. So DM us. Totally DM us. Yeah. And they can be... Simple, stupid questions, which is actually what we've got. Uh, We don't need heavy, heavy um, advice questions. We just want to talk to you. So we want to answer any questions that you have. So that being said, it's time for Instagram mail. (laughs) Instagram mail. I'm going to DM you. I'm going to put it it in the mailbox. Who emails anybody nowadays? Okay. So send us a little message on Instagram. Dim, dim. So when I put it out um, on the Instawebs, these are the questions that we got back. Are you ready? Yes. What is Diane Keaton hiding under all those layers? I'd like to go in if you don't mind. Go deep. Okay. Dear listener, yours is a question for the ages. Unfortunately, much like the staircase murder, no one knows the whole truth. So, I will attempt to hazard some guesses as to what Diane Keaton is hiding under all of those chunky layers. A scaly body akin to the Komodo dragon that that bit Sharon Stone's husband. Donald Trump's tax returns. Two emaciated children named Ignorance and Want. The heart of the ocean. Epstein's killer. My virginity. And finally, the artwork stolen in the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum heist. Those are the things that could be found under Diane Keaton's chunky layers. Wow. Yeah. I thought they were supposed to be quicker than that. Well, I just added a few more because I felt, uh, well, Uh, she felt inspired. uh, I thought as quickly as they were given and quickly a response. Well, what's your quick response? Well, Abigail Von Buren said that all she thought that was hiding underneath Diane Keaton in this picture uh-huh. from the Academy Awards. Where it looks like she went to a Chico's and just put everything on and then walked out of the she store. She went to Mood Fabrics and just said, wrap me up. <laughs> Do you have a heavy scarf that I could throw on? Well, Her whole outfit is heavy scarves. Abby thought that she <laughs> she was just shoplifting at a mall and all the turtlenecks are trapped up inside of her. <laughs> The peasant dress. I think she's been shoplifting the whole time. I think it's so like too. Joey Tribbiani on Friends. He's like, I'm going to put on everything you own. That's what she looks That's like. That's Diane Keaton. Another thing to Google one time is uh, shoplifters caught on 
on camera, which is amazing when you see someone shove a VCR up her dress and then walk down the aisle. A VCR. Check it it was much more difficult to shoplift in the 80s. I'm telling you. I'm thankful for all of our microscopic items that we have now in technology. So what's uh, what's Abby's answer? I just told you what oh, it was. Oh, oh, that was it? Wait, um, say it again. Oh, my God. Wait. <laughs> I didn't realize that was the answer. I thought you were I just I told breathing. you they were quick. I thought you said quick answers. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. what, I, that's what the assignment was, quick answers. I got quick answers to these ones. Ready? I don't know. You just gave me the Gettysburg address. It's going to be silver bullet. It's going to be frozen right. grapes on this one. Ready? When you fall on your head, do you land on your feet? No, you idiot. You land on your head, which is what you probably did before you asked. Damn. <laughs> That was your answer? No. (laughs) When you fall on your head, do you land on your feet? I'm like a weeble wobble with this hair. With this hairstyle, I always land on my feet like a cap being thrown out of a 10-story building. Are you tense when you sense there's a storm in the air? Always. Mainly because I can feel the damp in my knee. I was born tense. I shared a wound, goddammit. With me? Can you find your way blind when you're lost in the street? Thanks to Waze, yes. Though I would sometimes rather use a blind man than Waze because they keep trying to get me to the nearest Dunkin' Donuts. Waze. The Waze app is always trying oh, to Waze. get me to eat. Yes, W-A-Z-E. Oh. I thought you said Waze. Oh, well, Ricky Gervais used Waze. I don't but understand But I use you. Waze. Oh. Yes, Waze. Abigail says... Oh, honey, I have a car and driver. I don't walk on the street. <laughs> it's true. True. Um, do you know how to get to the heavy side layer? Well, I once slept with Orson Welles. So, yes, I can tell you, but you don't want to know. Abby's response is Dexatrim. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, Dexatrim is like with Sucret somewhere. And then... Do you remember those Dexatrim commercials? Yes, yes. Wasn't Marie for... Osmond involved with Dexatrim? Probably. Ladies and gentlemen, callers of all ages, Dexatrim was a, um, a, a weight loss program. There were pills for, I think it was the commercial always came on around soap operas also. It was like pre-Garcinia Cambogia. It was like you can. It was. I think it was what uh, Jesse Spano kept. That's why she. Oh, was so like, it revs your heart up yeah. and it makes you spastic, and then uh-huh. you lose weight because your heart is beating at a pace of the, a hamster. Right. It's they're like caffeine pills. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. You take pills so that you're so revved up you don't even think Dex about trip. eating because you've been you've been like zwa 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 and you like zip from place to place. Dexatrim. I haven't stopped my legs moving since 1935. Dexatrim. Dexatrim. Um. Oh, and here's a surprise question that I got, uh, by the way, which I will answer this right now. This this is news to you. I was asked by somebody on Instagram, what is the thing you are most excited about when it comes to playing God? Now, here's what the listeners need to know. I have been asked to play the role I was born to play, God. Finally. An act of God at the Fulton Opera House in Lancashire, Pennsylvania. That's right, ladies and gents. I am going to be playing God on the stage. Uh, it is a it is a hysterical play that was written by somebody who wrote for The Daily Show for years. It was on the Broadway. It starred um, 
Sean Hayes for a time, but the original guy was, what's his name? Jim, Jim Parsons. Parsons. It was starred Jim Parsons, and he played God. So basically what I'm saying is that I'm a gay man, and uh, finally, at long last, a female will be playing God. I will yes. be goddess. So in Act of God at Fulton Opera House, uh, we start previews on February 11th. It opens February 13th, and it runs until March 1st with a potential extension on the back end of that. But... How does this affect you, listeners? That means I will be bringing a live show. We are we are coming to you, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, with Dear Pod. Now, details are being hammered out right now as to what the date is and details and whatnot, but stay tuned. Check our face pages and our Instagrams and tweeters, and we will be telling you where we will be doing a live show of Dear Pod while I am playing God at the same time. So if you want to see me play God or just be me, and if you want to see Patty live and in person in his underwear after eating Red Bliss potatoes. I like that. It's it, There's a potential for you to see him live wearing Argyle and maybe running down the street and maybe pretending to play chess with a daughter who doesn't know how to play. Could be. There's so, so much potential. Now, what did you hand me? That was Deidre Hall selling Dexatrim. This was a <laughs> medically proven way to lose weight. Dexatrim. Is she reading a book? She's she's reading on how to stop her. Yeah, she looks like she's reading Braille, though. This is... Uh, uh, Dexatrim s- calls me to go soap blind. Soap opera actress Deidre Hall. Deidre Hall. She takes Dexatrim and she's wearing a pantsuit. Well, that was a very interesting new change with our... Um, Listener mail, our Instagram mail, lightning fast answers to your lightning fast questions because we live at the speed of light now, don't we? Everything is moving so quickly. The only way to slow things down is with ah specialty cocktail, specialty drink. Does this mix with Dexatrim and does it slow my heart down? Because I can't breathe through my mouth anymore. I'm gonna drink and drive because I'm on Dexatrim. So, this week's specialty cocktail is called The Moving Forward. It was discovered online by Deer Pod's mixologist to the stars and proprietor of the Hakuna Hut, located in the heart of Old Broadway, one Mr. Ben Jeffrey. That is right. We want to send an extra special shout out to him because he just had knee surgery. So the poor man is at home, incapacitated, and the only thing he can do is drink and create cocktails for us. So this week, he brought us the moving forward. No, close. This is one and a half ounces of blended scotch. One ounce sweet vermouth, three ounces sparkling coconut water. Ooh, so it's hydrating. Now, if you don't have sparkling coconut water, which you should, you can use two ounces of coconut water and one and a half ounces of soda water. So there's there's a nice little fix there. So a little club soda, a little coconut water. You serve it in a highball glass with ice and you garnish it with an orange peel. Now, here are the tasting notes from the, the man himself who is laid up. He says, since I'm currently on medical leave and away from my bar, I've had to lean more heavily, ooh, pun intended, on the internet to find recipes. But this little gem comes from the Johnny Walker website, and it looked interesting to him. So while it calls for Johnny Walker Black, by guess is any decent blended scotch will do, and the pairing of that with sweet vermouth and coconut water should keep you drunk enough to pack and move all of your shit but hydrated enough to keep from passing out. Moving is the absolute worst, and I say the best way to approach it is always with a healthy amount of alcohol. Cheers, and may the road rise up to meet you. 
and may the road rise up to meet your healing knee. Mr. Ben Jeffrey, we are sending you love and strengthening vibes here from the Maha'a Lounge and the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear... Oh. oh, that was a fake out right there. So this is the moving forward, and it looks lovely in this little highball glass good. with, of course, our naked man. Does it smell good? I can't smell anything because this house is so dry that the in- the insides of my nose are just, that's it's dried cement at this point. Well, as you can... There isn't a finger that could pick it out. As, as you can probably hear, I'm also congested. I know, but I, I like your Brenda Vaccaro voice. <coughs> People's Thank cold you. voices are much sexier. This is very nice, I gotta say. This feels like um, a cocktail from from the '60s, sort of like a Harvey Wallbanger vibe cocktail. Like you know when you go to diners and you have the massive menu, yeah, that they hand you that thing sure. that's like um, you know, a billboard, yeah, and then you flip it open, like a telephone book, yeah, and you're always like, who gets the pork chops? Is somebody really getting a steak, Diane? Yeah, yeah. Who gets the liver? And then you flip it all the way to the back and they have like a really elaborate cocktail menu, but like from the 60s. Right. So you're like, well, who is getting a Roy Rogers here? Right. I've always wanted to go to a diner and order all of the stuff that you shouldn't be ordering at a diner. I'll have the Mai Tai. No. Yeah. If you ever look at, as I do, the liqueur bottles at said diner. It's dangerous. You know, that they, they bought that when they first opened and no one's had the blue carousel. No. And why does everybody have Galliano in a bar? When has anybody used Galliano? It's just a pretty bottle. That's all it is. That is very lovely. It's very, um, you can taste the scotch and I like that. So it's, it's well blended. We thank oh, you, Mr. Ben Jeffrey. This will definitely cure what ails you, sir. I played Albuquerque once <laughs> with Ricky Gervais and I tried to diaper his head. I dated Albuquerque once. I would love an Albuquerque. Does it have weed in it? I love an edible because I don't have any control over how much THC goes into my bloodstream. And I love a surprise, don't you? Albuquerque. (laughs) No Albuquerque's by Nabisco. Where are those Keebler elves? Give me my Albuquerque's. I'm so high right now. Oh, wait, they're not elves. It's just Joel Grey. Joel Grey delivered me a small Albuquerque. Oh, Joel. This scarf is so heavy. (laughs) 